0: what worship should be about. It should be getting you ready for the message. That it, is. it should be touching your heart. It should be making you just want more and more of God. And uh, so I, I want to, again, I pray men and women up here for all they do to bring y'all this music. And uh, You know, Tommy was saying that we'd had vacation Bible school over here last week. I only got to come to one of them. Uh, I got to come to the last one. And I was really impressed with all these women and how they could do this dance deal. I just sat there. I I, I was trying to keep from laughing, but it was funny. And, but they did a super great job and the way they took care of those kids and the things the kids learned. You know, Vacation Bible School is about getting, a, about these kids having a closer walk with God. Get, let them get to know Him better. And I think they did. And uh, we just had a lot of fun. Uh, I had to spend one day preparing a lesson you know, my sermon and then the next day was a Thursday well this had come up and I just want to give God praise but I had to make about a 200 mile round trip I went down to see a man that uh, has Lou Gehrig's disease and the doctor said that he might have maybe a year to live well he wanted to be baptized. So I told him, I'll come down there and I'll baptize him. He's down here at uh, Holiday, Texas, other side of Wichita Falls. And uh, not only did I get to baptize him, we got to have church. And I was curious. I asked him, he said, do you really know what baptism is? And he says, "Well, not really." So I got a chance to talk to him about that. About when you go under the water, that is simply you're being buried with Christ. When you come up, you're being resurrected with Christ. And that's really kind of what baptism is. That's putting your faith, your knowing, it's just making you feel secure that you're going to be resurrected and we had a good talk and a good uh, visit. I couldn't baptize him by putting him underwater because he can't do that. He can't, His upper body is not functional hardly. He's just, and so I got him outside in the backyard, got him in a chair, got a pitcher, put water in it, and just poured it over him. But You know, I said, do you realize what you're doing? He says, I do now. He says, I am being resurrected with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's not that old of a fella, but uh, I'm having David print up a baptism certificate that I'm going to make sure he gets and uh, so that he can have this. And, uh, but just the experience of watching somebody that wanted to be baptized so bad, I mean, it just touches your heart. It touches your heart. And I spent probably an hour, hour and a half down there with them And uh, ministering, talking, laughing, joking. Even though in the condition he's in, he loves the Lord. And he says he knows where he's going to be. And I said, that's the main thing right there. He said, I'm positive I'm going to be with my Jesus. So he's ready when the time comes. And like I said, you know, the trip was well worth it. Just what I got out of it. Just the feeling of the Spirit there. Knowing that this man was ready to go see his Jesus. And uh, so it's just been a busy week, but I'll tell you what to see that man's face, see the tears in his eyes, just to know that he was feeling is Jesus. And he knew Jesus was there with him. So, but uh, I just wanted to let y'all know that just uh, it's important that that we understand the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I mean, when you can feel the presence of Jesus, you feel the Holy Spirit there. It's all you can do is just you know, because you knew what was taking place. And, you uh, I want to thank this family for letting me do this. And I got the call, and they said, he's ready. And they told me, I said, when does he want to do it? And they said, would Thursday be all right? I said, I'll see you Thursday. And so we got that taken care of, and he's ready, and he just when I left, he was just as happy and laughing and so, I know that he felt his Lord. And so, but today, what I want to do, you know, I want to say something right like that. Because he lives, because he lives, you can face tomorrow. If you know Jesus Christ in your heart and you believe that he died on that cross for you and he rose that third day and you believe it in your heart, what does the Bible say? If you believe in your heart, you are saved. But we have to believe in our heart. It's not up here. It's here. Believe in your heart and don't doubt. Don't doubt. Jesus is your Lord. He is your Savior. He died for your sins. And upon His death, His burial, His resurrection. And if you believe in your heart, you're going to be with Him. You're going to do with it. <clears throat> you know, talking about some of these things, this message I put together, I've been tired of deciding once and for all stand. I mean, what do you mean? Many people want the Christian faith, but many people don't want to go through what a Christian has to go through. They think there's nothing to it. You know, except Jesus Christ... And say, so come into my heart, and that's all it is. The more you got it, you got it made. You, no more problems whatsoever. Well, that's not the way it works. Yes, you want Jesus Christ in your heart, and uh, I'm going to read a scripture here. It's First Peter, chapter four, verse one through five. Peter is talking to some people here. They had come to Jesus, but some of them were beginning to think about, wait a minute, this may be a little tougher than I thought it was. Some of them were even considering renouncing Christ and going back into the world. Well, Peter's talking to them. He's explaining some things here to them. And I want to read this to you, and maybe it'll do us some good too. It says, For as much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. It says he has suffered for us in the flesh. He's been through it. He says arm yourself with the same mind. You know the Bible also tells us let the mind of Christ in you. Think like Jesus. Act like Jesus. Do what Jesus did. Think like Jesus. How about Jesus attitude about the things that come against you in life. And just know that Jesus is with you. See, all the time, Jesus knew God the Father was with him. We need to know, no matter what we go through, what happens, who says what about you. They may call you a Jesus freak. They may, oh, they are so eat up with this Jesus thing. You know, they try to put you down. I don't mind being a Jesus freak. I love Jesus. I want to serve Jesus. Jesus. I don't care if they say, you know, aren't aren't you carrying this Jesus deal a little too far? No, I hadn't carried it far enough yet. But they want to put you down. And here in verse 2 it says that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men but to the will of God. Now listen, we're going to get into something right here that's probably going to I mean, something probably where we've all been. for the past time of our life or in our past you may have sufficed to have done the will of the Gentiles or you may have met your own needs to do the will of the world to walk in the world, be part of the world, to act like the world maybe just to be a part of the world it says, when we walked in lasciviousness, it says, that is lustful desires. I know nobody in here has ever had a lustful desire in their life. We all have. And here it says, excess of wine, drinking, getting drunk, excessive partying, revelings, that is wild partying. That's, most of the time that there could be with drugs, liquor, a lot of different things that go into that. In banqueting, which is nothing more than gluttony. In, a, in abominable, idolatries. That's worshiping idols. You know, we talked about some idols here the other day. Many people think an idol is some little statue or a piece of stone or something you set there that you worship. And like I told you last week, an idol is anything that you worship or that you put before God. That's an idol. Anything that you put ahead of God. I don't care what it is. It may be a, it, it may be a hobby. Because I've been there. I love to fish. I used to fish bass tournaments. I would come in on Friday. I'd leave out and I wouldn't come back to Sunday night. That was my desire. That was my God. I wanted to do this. I loved it so much. But when Jesus actually came into my life, every bit of that got way down the line. I hadn't fished. I hadn't done nothing in I don't know how long. I had men, guys I'd fished with, calling me, hey, Bill, come on, let's go fishing. I said, when are you going? Well, we're going to go Sunday morning. I said, can't make it, got to go to church. And after a while, I didn't have no more problems. They quit calling me. You know, and uh, that's the way it should be. But even the world needs to know that you love Jesus Christ. The world needs to know it. And once the world, my friends that I used to go with and run with found out I love Jesus more than I love them or the things they did, they quit bothering me. And even I I remember one time we went to a football game here at Asil. I was sitting there in the stands and I had a friend that I went, I went to school with. He walked by and he looked down at me and said, Bill Gay? I said, yeah. And he said, you mean somebody hadn't killed you yet? I said, no, I'm still, I'm still going. And then, but see, he did not know that I belonged to Jesus Christ. He didn't know that. But yet, he remembered how I used to be, who I used to be, not who I am now. Probably a whole lot of us in here can say that. I remember back when, but I don't want to remember that anymore. I want to remember now. I want to remember my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what He has done in my life, how He died on that cross, how He has saved me from eternal death. I now have eternal life through Him. And we can all say that once we accept Jesus Christ and believe in our heart. And uh, but he goes on here in chapter, excuse me, verse 4. Wherefore, they are the world, think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of right. Anyway, they said, how come you don't hang out with me and we don't do the same things we used to do? I'm not the same guy I used to be. live in that house anymore. You ever heard that song? I don't live in that place anymore. I don't live there anymore. I got a new place. It's the house of God. That's where I live. And, uh, but he says, and, and and they start wondering, they start talking about said Then He says, and they start speaking evil of you. They start lying about you, putting you down. Why? You know, they start slandering you because you don't do what you used to do. They knew, now remember, these people knew a lot of the same people you knew. And they start telling all these other people, boy, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know him now. He has really changed. He is really weird because he accepted Jesus Christ. And people are going to say these things about you. And that's what was going on here, and it uh, and here in verse five it says, "Who shall give an account to him, Jesus, that is ready to judge the quick and and the dead, or he's ready to judge the living and the dead? You know, you're going to have to make up your mind who you're going who you're going to stand with, who you're going to serve. No one else can." you have to accept Jesus Christ on your own. I can't do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. You have to do it yourself. That's what God calls free will. He gives you that opportunity. He said, you can choose me. You can deny me. It's up to you. He doesn't force you to serve him. But there's consequences if we don't. And one of the consequences we're not going to like it. It's eternal death. We can serve him, believe in him, love him, and have eternal life. We say, I don't believe in God. I'm not going to serve this God. I don't want nothing to do with him. God says, that's fine, I'll honor your request. But you're not going to like the consequences that are going to come up on you. And that's eternal death and hell. That's the only two places we've got is heaven and hell. And we're going to have to choose for ourselves where we're going to be. I don't see where that should be a hard choice. But you know, I've heard some of these other people, these partiers, these guys go out and do all these drugs and want to just, all the orgies and everything else that go on many of these parties and things. I've heard them say, boy, I can't hardly wait to get to hell. Well, Well, party, party, party. That was our attitude. What well, they don't understand, hell is pitch black. Even though there's a fire burning, it is pitch black. You can't see your hand in front of your face. You don't know what's going on. And you're going to be in suffering. You're going to be in pain. You're going to be burning. You know, I had a man I was talking to one time. A friend. And he said, Bill, He said, I can now, where I'm at in my life, understand why you chose Jesus. He was one of the worst guys you'd ever want to meet. You had no idea. This guy here would never accept Jesus Christ. He's too far gone. He's nowhere near ready to accept Christ. But something happened in his life. He was in a real bad car wreck. He laid up in the hospital for months. He said that's where he met Jesus, in that hospital. I didn't even know the man was in the hospital. I didn't know any of this had happened. It was before I become a pastor. But I'm thankful that this pastor went and seen him talked with him. But during that time, he accepted Christ as his Lord and as his Savior. He accepted Jesus. From that day on, his life changed forever. Many of you in here, your life has changed forever when you accepted Jesus Christ. You're not that same person that you used to be. You're somebody totally, totally different. You know, the Bible tells us that we should not be surprised when we're persecuted. Many Christians are persecuted because of their faith. You know, they're laughed at, they're made fun of because of their faith in Christ. Matter of fact, Paul wrote something here in 2 Timothy 3.12. It says, Yes, and all that will live godly for Jesus Christ shall suffer persecution. For all, you're going to reel into people that absolutely have no use for God. They don't believe in God. Some of them may never believe in God. But they will live forever in hell because they did not believe in God. uh, But Jesus said, yes, you will be persecuted. Look here in, in uh, John chapter 15, verse 18 through 19. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he tells them this. He said, If the world hates you, you should know it hated me first. It hated, fact, the world hated Jesus before it hated us. He said, If you were of the world, the world loves its own. He it says, If you were still in the world, the, the world would love you. If you were still doing those worldly things that you used to do, you wouldn't have no problems. There wouldn't be no persecution. There wouldn't be no slander. There wouldn't be none of them talking about you. They'd love you because you're part of them and you don't know anything about this Jesus Christ. <clears throat> he said, But because you are not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world. <clears throat> Therefore, the world hates you simply because you chose me over them. The world hates you because... You chose Jesus over them. And they're going to they're put you down. They're going to slander you. They're going to curse you. They're going to do everything they can to run you down because you are a Christian. And uh, here in 1 Peter, verse, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12-13, Peter is telling them something here. His disciples said, Beloved, which is another word for brethren, He said, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you. There's going to be trials that's going to come up on you simply because you are a Christian. As if some strange thing has happened to you. Probably every one of us have gone through trials. We've been through persecutions simply because you're a Christian. Simply because they know that you love the Lord Jesus Christ things come against you. That is our enemy. That's Satan. He brings these things against us. You know, and uh, he says, uh, excuse me, (coughs) but rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. You know, we will never ever understand what Christ went through for us. We've never been through what Christ has been through. We've never been put on the cross and nailed to that cross. You may feel like you have. You haven't died and been buried and rose the third day. Christ has. Christ has been through so much because of us and His love for us. We cannot begin to to realize what he went through. He said, but when you experience resistance for your faith and name calling from non-believers, that's a part of what happens when you're a model of Christ. You know, sometimes it, it, it hurts whenever somebody starts putting you down. It's not so much I don't think put me down. I think it hurts me because they're putting Christ down. And me knowing what he's done for me Me knowing that he loves me, me knowing that everything he did on that cross, his walk in this world down here, was for me. He gave up his Godship in heaven to be flesh on earth for me, for you. If we ever could understand what Christ really really went through. You know, I've had people say, well, I don't know if Christ really felt anything or not. I mean, after all, they say He was the Son of God. Wouldn't God put His protection around Him? When Christ was suffering for us, no, God didn't. God let Jesus suffer in your place. In your place. He suffered for us. He went to that cross. It should have been us nailed on the cross. We're the ones that sinned. Christ was without sin. He had no sin. But He was still nailed to that cross because of us. That's God's love. That He put His Son there in our place. And then as Christ was on that cross, God took the sins of the world and poured them out on Jesus. Every sin, Of this world was poured out on His Son. His Son was to take and to suffer every sin that this world knew. He took our sins. Once we acknowledged Jesus Christ and that He took our sins, you know, it it says in the Bible that uh, we have no righteousness about us we have no righteousness our righteousness comes from Christ he gave us his righteousness and took our sin he traded us he said I'm going to give you my righteousness but I'm going to take your sin and he took his sin upon him And gave us his righteousness. When God looks at us he doesn't see our righteousness, we didn't have any, but he sees his son's righteousness on us. He sees. When we accept Jesus Christ, it's like we become a child of God. We're his child now. And he was God just uh, loved us so much. I'm going to give my son for you. How many of us would give up our child for somebody? I don't know if any of us would. We love them too much. Can you imagine? That probably had to be one of the hardest times on God, is when He gave up His son for us. You know, because of persecution, because of being laughed at, being tried, tried people try to humiliate you. That there is one of the things or one of the reasons that we must make a decision. Some of these people wanted to go back. They said, I've been persecuted so much, if I just go back into the world, they'll let me alone. I won't have to go through this anymore. But they didn't realize what they were going to have to go through without Christ. Is your loyalty with your friends and the world or is it with Jesus? Would you stand up if somebody asked you, are you going to serve Jesus or are you going to serve the world? If you serve the world, we're going to be your friends. You're never going to be persecuted again. You're never going to have a problem again. But if you stay with Jesus, you're going to go through a lot of stuff. Which would you choose? Which would you choose knowing what you know about Jesus? Knowing the life that you have when you leave this earth and the life you'll have if you don't have Jesus. You know, we don't stop and think about it. It's so far off and it can be at any moment that it could happen. You know, when we ask who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? I think about Joshua. Joshua asked his people this. This is one of the last speeches Joshua gave before his death. And he had gathered the people. He called them together. And he wanted to talk to them just a minute. Here in Joshua 24, chapter 24, verse 14 through 15. This is Joshua talking to his people. He's asking them a very simple and a very serious question. They're going to have to make up their minds. Joshua said to his people, Now therefore, fear the Lord. You know that fear the Lord can have several different meanings. You can be totally scared and frightened. Or you can respect Him out of reverence. The fear of reverence. Of who He is. He's God. The maker of heaven and earth. Your creator. That's who you're talking about. That's who who you're serving. If you accept Jesus Christ. The creator of every single thing is your Father. Father. And Joshua said to his people, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve Him sincerely and in truth. And put away those gods or idols which your fathers served on the other side of the river. And in Egypt. You know they were serving the idols of Egypt. Many people don't know. you know the ten, the ten plagues that, that, that God brought on Egypt? was because of their idols. Every plague God brought on them represented one of their idols. God was showing Egypt, I'm stronger than your gods. I'm stronger than those things you're worshiping. You know, they had a god of the Nile. He turned the Nile into blood. They had a god representing frogs. They had a god representing every, everything that was taking place in those ten plagues. That was a god. And God was showing them, I'm more powerful than any of these gods that you're serving. And here in verse 15, he says, and this is Joshua, he's serious. Matter of fact, Joshua's angry because of what they're doing. And he said, if it seems evil or wrong to you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. So if you don't want to serve God, then you choose who you're going to serve. You make up your mind. Whether it's the gods which your fathers served, which are nothing more than idols, that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell. See, God had given them the, the land of the Amorites. The Amorites were very godless people. And the whole time they were there, God's hand was up on them, watching over them, providing for them. He says, Or will you serve the Amorites in whose land you dwell? And then Joshua says something, and I think this is something we all all say. But as far as me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. We're serving God. We're not serving these idols, these false gods. We're serving the God, the creator of everything, the creator of heaven, the creator of earth. We're serving the God that nothing is impossible for. That's who we're serving. For God's people to serve Him, for, for God's people to serve God in the way that God wants to be served, it's like that old saying. And y'all have seen it, you've probably seen it on TV. Well, maybe a cavalry soldier takes out his sword. He draws a line across the sand. He said, right, this is it. You choose this day which side of this line you're going to serve. Are you going to serve us or are you going to serve them? If you're going to serve us, you get over here. If you're going to serve them, you stay there where you're at. I think that's kind of what God's done. I think God has drawn a line in the sand. He said, whom are you going to serve? Make up your mind this day. If you're going to serve the world, you serve the world. But I think God's also saying, and don't expect me to help you. But if you've made up your mind that you're going to serve me, you stand on this side of the line with me. And I will bless you more than you can ever imagine. I'll be with you through everything you go through. I'll be with you in sickness, in health, whatever. My hedge of protection will be put around you. My hand will be upon you. My blessings will be all over you. If you will serve me. You know, like Peter told us a while ago, he said, Your former friends were surprised when you no longer did the things they did. When you no longer lived like they lived. When you no longer did all the wild party and all that. But now that you don't walk with them, they slander you, they persecute you, and they put you down. Because you're not one of them anymore. No, you belong to God now. You belong to God now. And anyone who stands with Christ, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to be popular in this world. You're not going to be popular. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 19 through 21, and this is the absolute truth. The light, which is Jesus, has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light. Because their, their deeds were evil. When does most evil things happen? At night, under cover, under darkness, so you can't see them. It's, it's kind of what he's saying. And here in verse 20 says, Because everyone practicing evil hates the light. Everybody practicing evil, in other words, they hate God. because everyone person evil hates the light and does not come to the light because their evil deeds or their works would be exposed. That's why they don't come. Their evil works would be exposed. People could see them. People would know more about them and what they did and how they lived. What kind of a person they were. But he says, but he who does the truth of what God's word says comes to the light We come to Jesus. So that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. A Christian don't mind coming to the light. They don't mind coming to the light. They want their work seen. They want their love for God seen. They're not ashamed of God. A Christian shouldn't want to walk in the darkness. We know as Christians that when we walk with God, the world's not going to be really for us. They're going to be against us. We see that everywhere you look. It seems like every time you turn around, they're trying to take God out of everything. But we also know that God will be with us and His blessings on us when we follow Him. It's just kind of like this this scripture. If God be for us, who can be against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? So as Joshua said to his people, y'all can do whatever y'all want to, but as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I hope and I pray that's what each of y'all have said. As far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to walk with Jesus. We're going to walk with God. We're going to be obedient to Him. And I don't care who knows, I love God. Sometimes it takes something to stand up and say, I love God, I'm not not part of this world. So we have a choice to make. And you're going to have to make that decision. Whom will you serve? Whom will you serve? Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve the world? And you're going to have to answer that question. Remember what Jesus asked His disciples when they was coming back? Uh, Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross. He said, Jesus said, Whom do men say that I am? I said, well, some say you're Jeremiah. I'm going to say you're John. But then Jesus asks them a question. He's asking us that same question. But whom do you say I am? Good old Peter, he had the answer. You are the son of the living God. And then Jesus looked at Peter and said, You know, man did not tell you this my Father. If anybody here today has not made the decision of whom you're going to serve, this would be a good day to do it. This would be a good day to do it. Are you going to serve God? Or are you going to serve the world? You're going to have to answer that question. You may not have to answer it to anybody in here, but you're going to have to answer it to God. Because when, when we stand before God, you already going to know what your answer is. Best thing to do, say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I'm coming to you today to ask that you forgive me of my sins. And that you accept me as your child and be my Lord and be my Savior. I want to serve you. I want to walk you. A new life begins for you. You are now, have become a Christian. You're now the son of the living God. You're that child. So I'm going to ask the band if they would to come up. And if you're here today, and maybe you've never accepted Christ, maybe you just have put it off, or maybe you just say, Lord, I've kind of strayed from you a little bit. And I want to, I want to recommit my life to you. you want to do that, we have an altar up here that you can come to. You can kneel before God and just ask Him to come into your life. You know, He's not going to turn you down. He's not going to rebuke you. He's not going to get mad at you. He's going to put His arms around you and love you like you've never been loved. I don't care what you've done. So if you feel like you need to recommit your life to God today would be a good day to do it. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you feel like you need to do this, please come to the altar.